take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 12. I do thank you uh, to be able to be back here at Grandview, and we have thoroughly enjoyed the weekend, and uh, I'm very excited about tonight's message, and we're praying for pastor, and yeah, the only sad part of the weekend was I didn't get to meet, or I didn't get to rekindle my friendship with one of my uh, my favorite pastors, and that is your pastor. And I praise the Lord for what the Lord's doing here. And I thank uh, the Lord for Grandview Baptist Church. Genesis chapter number 12. <clears throat> Have you ever done something that you didn't want to do? You were very apprehensive You thought this was going to be a terrible event, exercise, situation, experience. And it's like, this is going to be terrible. But after you did it, you could honestly say, you know, that wasn't bad. That that was pretty good. I honestly enjoyed that. I was so apprehensive, but after I went through it, wow, that that wasn't that bad. Years ago when I was pastoring, uh, a couple uh, began visiting our church, and I met him right away, found out what he did, and um, they continued to come. They had watched our telecast uh, for a couple years, and then they decided to, to start visiting our church. Uh, His name was Doug Hightower. But the important thing to remember about Doug Hightower, what was in front of his name? Doctor. He was Dr. Doug Hightower. And he was that occupation that I was always the scaredest about. He was a dentist. And um, I'm going to be very transparent with you. I don't have to tell this part of the story, but I'm going to. Uh, I went to the dentist when I was 18 years old. I did not go back to the dentist until I was 40. And it was Dr. Hightower. He um, was coming through the line. They had just joined the church. And I I wondered if this was going to happen. And it sure enough did. Dr. Hightower said to me after one service, he said, Pastor, I enjoyed your message. I've been wanting to ask you something. I said, here it comes. He said, "Um, do you? Um, have a dentist. And I said, well, I did. Here in Pensacola? No, Michigan. Michigan? Are you from Michigan? Yeah, I left when I was 18. And he looked at me and he said, Pastor, have you been back to a dentist since you were 18? Next person, good to have you today. Pastor, you haven't been to a dentist since you were 18? No, no, sir. You're making, we're making an appointment this week. You're coming to see me. Oh, man. Of course, Mary Lee was real happy about this. But I was thinking, I do not want to go see a dentist. I can't imagine what in the world's happened inside. And uh, I'll never be able to afford this. I, I just, I, I mean, I know how much, and it just, this is never going to work. I cannot tell you how dread I was to go do this. And um, so I go to Dr. Hightower's office. I had never been there before. This won't mean anything to you, but his office was on the Carpenter's Creek in Pensacola. Well, that's like one of the nicest areas. The Carpenter's Creek kind of Go flows all the way through the city of Pensacola and some of the largest, nicest homes anywhere are in Carpenter's Creek. Well, his office is right on the creek and it's just beautiful. And uh, it's got trees around it. It's got squirrels. It's got birds. And I went like, okay, this is, the, this is the most beautiful office I've ever been in in my life. It's like three stories. He's got parking garage underneath. You know, he's got, I, and it's just like, this is just gorgeous out here. So I go in and I open the door. And as soon as I open the door, they got that elevator music playing. But it's nice elevator music. I mean, it's just like, oh, that's really nice music. 
And he had really nice, ma- he didn't have stupid magazines on the thing. He had cool magazines. You know, I'm going like, oh, man, who's got, and they're up to date. Come on, no one has up to date magazines in the doctor's office. The lady, when I walked in, she said, are you Pastor Shetler? And I go, yeah. Oh, Dr. Hightower has told us so many things about you. I said, oh, man, this is just not good. But, but it was just like, we go in the back, and, we, and he's got these beautiful murals of mountaintops. I, I think pictures of the coast in Oregon, you know, I mean, just the most gorgeous things in the world. And I sit down, and the, uh, and the other hygienist assistant comes in, and she's the nicest thing in the world. She's so sweet, and she's so bubbly. And I'm going like, whoa, this is amazing. But I said, we're going to get inside here. So he starts getting in there, and they make those noises, you know. And I'm going, oh, man, there's another $100. There's another $100, you know. And he does it, and we got to take pictures, and we got to take x-rays, and he comes back in. And I do. I've got cavities. I think I had four or five cavities. That ain't bad for 20 years, you know, 22 years, you know. So we did that, and he, he did a couple fillings that day, and he, he did everything. And, and I'm going, well, you got to admit, Jim, even if it's going to cost us cost you a couple thousand dollars, you got to admit, this was a pretty good deal. So we finish everything. He comes, you know, he comes back in, and he says, Pastor, I want to pray with you. And I said, okay. He said, so, oh, and then he gives me a bag. I've got more, I got toothpaste for last me three years in it. I got mouthwash, I got everything, and it's, but it's really heavy. And I open it, and he's got this electric sonic toothbrush in it. And he says, I want you to have that. I said, whoa, this is the nicest toothbrush I've ever had in my life, you know. And I'm going like, whoa. So he says, and I want to pray for you. He said, you've been such a blessing to Sherry and I. We just love coming to church. We, we've been fed so much. We've grown so much. Da, 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 da. So, so he prays. And at the end, he said, hey, I want to tell you something. I want you to know, as long as you come to my office, you'll never have to pay a dime. I said, what? He said, I want to take care of all your dental work. I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, you're kidding I got home, and Mary, of course, Mary Lee's like, well, I wonder what happened today. I got home, and I walked in, and she said, how was it? I said, Mary that was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in my life. I said, going to the dentist, I can't wait. I've got, I got another appointment next week. I can't wait to go back. I say all that to tell you this. I want to tell you what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about the dentist office experience of the Christian life. Separation. We're going to talk about separation tonight. Yeah, independent Baptist, we're going to separate. And you think, oh, man. And you know, Brother Sheldon, I was just starting to like you too. You know, now you're going to come in and your last message, you're going to nail us with separation. Oh, this separation, legalism, here it comes, pharisaical, here it comes. We're going to, and gang, I want to tell you something. I've been saved for over 50 years. Some of, I'm not going to say only, but some of the greatest experiences I've ever had in the Christian life have been in areas of separation. I think the problem is we don't understand what separation's about. So I want to preach a message tonight that I've entitled, The Three Sides, like a triangle. So if you're writing notes, I'd write a triangle. The three sides of separation. And let me tell you what they are to begin with, and then we'll have a word of prayer. Matter of fact, we'll read the scripture, and then we'll have a word of prayer. But let me tell you the three sides. We're going to look tonight at the positive side of separation. Wait till we get there. You're going to love this. The positive side of separation. Then we're going to look at the practical side of separation. I think we've made separation too distant and not practical. And then we're going to look, and this is very important for the future of this church, we're going to look at the personal side of separation. Because it is very important. You have had a pastor who has separated from the world, the flesh, and the devil. He's believing that God may be leading him to step down sometime not that far in the distant future. I know 
I have not talked to him. But when you have seen God do a work in a place, your greatest concern is that, that it will continue. Succession. And I know Pastor Mutchler is the furthest thing from a legalist or anything like that. But I know you look at separation at the protection of a ministry, of a life. And I would think that he would be very concerned what will happen down the road. And that's where that personal separation comes in. And I'm going to tell you a very transparent illustration about something that happened in my life. That's very transparent, but I think it was a very pivotal moment in my Christian experience. So we're going to look at the three sides of separation, the positive side, the practical side, and the personal side. And uh, uh, Genesis 12, uh, 1 through 4, is going to kind of be the blueprint, the biblical template for separation. And um, we'll begin reading at verse number 1. I might make a couple comments as we read, but then we'll have a word of prayer. I'm going to ask you to do something. Out of respect for God's word tonight and what we're going to talk about, would you stand with me? I will read out loud Genesis 12, 1 through 4. But if you would stand with me as we read, then we'll have a word of prayer and we'll look at the three sides of separation. Now, the Lord, <coughs> excuse me. Now, the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country. And from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing when you separate I'm going to bless you, and I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed, because you separated unto me. So Abram departed, otherwise known as separated. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Father, <coughs> excuse me, Father, I, I would like to ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that you would help all of us in the area of separation tonight. Lord, even to stand up in a church, it seems like in America today, and say, hey, we're going to preach on separation, everyone just freezes up. Father, we're so worried that we'll have a judgmental, legalistic, pharisaical spirit. Father, nothing could be further from the truth, and I think Satan has gained great ground. I'd like to pray tonight that those that are here in attendance tonight would not only understand separation, but they would be very much doers of the word that they hear tonight. And that separation will be very much a part of our daily Christian life. Lord, make this message practical. Make it personal. I, I, I actually ask, Lord, I would imagine every one of us no matter our age or how long we've been saved, there's probably an area in our life that you're asking us to separate from something onto you. I pray we'll make that decision tonight. Whatever it might be, may we take the step of faith to separate from something onto you. And we'll give you the praise and the glory and I pray, Father, that this church, in the years and months to come, would be a church of separation, but with the spirit that we talk about tonight. We pray these things in Jesus' name, and God's children said, you may be seated. 
positive side of separation. Now, notice what it says here. Now, the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house. Separating. But then notice the last part of verse 1. Unto a land that I will show thee. Now, as simple as this point sounds, this is incredibly important. I have three points under the positive side of separation. Here's point number one. God never calls us to separate from something that he doesn't call us to separate onto him. That whenever you separate from some activity, some thing, some person, you are separating Onto God. He said, Here, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get thee out of your out of this country. I want you to get away from your family, from your kindred, and from your father's house. But I'm not telling you just to separate from something. I'm telling you to separate onto a land that I have for you. I want you to separate from this, but I want you to separate onto. This Now, we're coming back to Genesis chapter 12 because I think all three of our points are found here. But you have to look at this if you've never seen this before. Go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Now, as you're turning, I'm gonna, uh, you are all familiar with the Apostle Paul. And you are probably all familiar, he was a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, blameless, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. If anyone knew about separation, it was Paul. He belonged to that sect that was more known for separation than any other group of people maybe on planet Earth. They were the Pharisees. We'd say that word today... And there's two things about it. Number one, we always say it with a critical spirit, as we should. But can I tell you, in Christ's day, in Paul's day, Pharisees were like, oh, you are so religious. You are so pious. Boy, you know, you are like one of the Pharisees. It would have been actually a compliment back then. Because these were, this was like, whoa. You want to talk about, you want to talk about religiosity. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the Pharisees. So it was a count. Now we realize they were whited sepulchers. They were all about separation on the outside, but there was nothing on the inside. Now listen to this. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. You want to hear, see a cool word. Paul, a servant of Jesus, by the way, that word servant's good. That's doulos, that's a slave. Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ. Now look at this. Called to be an apostle. Now look at the next word. And I'm going to bring it up again and then you guys are going to say it. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. Everyone together, what's the next word? Do you know what the Greek word there, Aramaic word there, it is Pharisee. The word we get Pharisee from. The Pharisees' word, their, their name, their sect, actually means separation. Because that's what they did. Pharisees separated from everything. But this is what made them Pharisees. They separated from everything but they never separated onto God. They just separated from everything. Woe to any church, to any group of people, that all they do is separate from something, but they never separate onto God. Look at the rest of the verse. Paul, a servant of of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated, oh, I love the next word, onto The gospel of God. You know, you will not have to worry much about activities in your life if you're separated onto God. If you separate yourself to God, so many other things will just be taken care of. He didn't separate from this and separate from Okay, tonight, boy, now Brother Shetler's going to tell us everything we're supposed to be separated from. No, 
What I'm telling you tonight is be separated unto God. What a positive side of separation. Separation isn't just from something, but it's to someone. Number two, under positive side. I love this. Separation. Okay, I'm not going to tell you the point. Let's, let's go back to Genesis chapter 12. Now listen to this. I want you to notice what is not mentioned in this passage. Now, the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. Uh, By the way, that's why we're pro-Israel, amen. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken. What is missing? There's a phenomenal promise. Abraham, I want you to separate. And you separate, here's the promise. I'm going to make a great nation of you. People are going to be blessed all over the, all over the world because of your nation. Da, 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 da. But what doesn't he mention? He never mentions why. Well, God, why don't we do that great nation thing right here where I live? Why don't we do that? Why do I have to leave Haran? Why do I have to leave the Ur of the Chaldees? Hey, God, let's just do that thing right here. I'll take that promise, and we'll do that promise right here. God never told Abraham why he needs to do it. He just said, Abraham, separate. Now, this is extremely interesting. This is like, I love this when this, I love tension, you know. And I love it when two major things conflict each other. Okay, so here goes. In parenting three sons, and especially the kind of boys that I have, remember, I got an apologist. So everything is, why, 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 why? You know, why, why do we have that? And, you know, and I remember staying up to 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning with a 14, 15, 16-year-old and trying to explain why everything. Dad, why do we have to do this? Dad, why do we have to wear this? Dad, why can't we go here? God, Dad, why can't we listen to this? And he's just like, but we all know as parents that why questions are important to answer. But I also want to say this. God does not do that often. About a month ago, I just finished my, my devotions in Leviticus. And uh, I'm going through every book of the Bible, chapter by chapter, you know, every, a chapter a day. And so it's taken me a couple of years to do this. So, so I've been kind of putting, TJ, I've been kind of putting Leviticus off to the side, you know. But uh, about a month ago, I said, okay, I got to do the Leviticus somewhere along the line here. So, so about a month ago, I studied Leviticus. I, it was phenomenal. But this was the thing that amazed me about the book of Leviticus. All of these commandments... Okay, you can't eat this, if it's got a hoof like this, if it's got this kind of skin, if it's this kind of bird. He tells you what to eat, what not to eat. Well, now science and dietitianary uh, uh, exploration has actually found there were reasons why God told him not to eat those kind of things. But this is interesting. I'm going through this whole book of Leviticus. And he says, be ye holy as I am holy. Do this, do this, separate from this, separate from that. Don't eat this, wear this, don't wear that. But do you know there's something that's not in Leviticus? God is not telling them why they need to do what they need to do. God says, hey, listen, I got a promise and I will bless you. But I'm going to tell you, you just need to separate. Now listen, everyone just take a deep breath for a minute. And hear this, and hear this with an open mind. I think we have, we said, we feel in American Christianity in 2022, I don't have to obey anything if I can't understand it. And I'll tell you this, that is not found in the Bible. Can, Can I just share this with you? That most of what God tells us to do 
He doesn't explain why. But what he does do, which I would rather have than an explanation, is a promise if you obey it. Now, now, now listen, I am not propagating tonight that you shouldn't help your young people understand why they have to do what they do. I am not, but I am also saying this. There are times in our Christian experience that God is going to say in your spirit and in your conscience, you need to get away from that. And you will not have an answer for it from God. God is not going to give you an explanation. God's just going to say, hey, I want you to separate from in that relationship. I want you to separate from that activity. Well, God, why? I've got to know why. Because if I don't know why, I can't do it. That's baloney. That's called faith. I'm going to trust God. God doesn't always explain why, but he promises if you do it. To me, that is a very positive sign of separation. I love that. Not always, he did not tell Abram why he needed to separate. He just said, Abraham, Abram, if you separate, this is what will happen. This is the promise that I will give you. I love that. Now listen to the third one. Because we are so self-centered today. Let me tell you the third positive side of separation. Separation is not just for you. Separation is for others. Okay. If you're any parent worth their salt, if you are a parent that cares for your kids at all, you understand what I just said. When we started having children, there were things that we turned off on the TV that Marilee and I could watch. It was no big deal. Oh, no, I don't want Ben to see this. No, 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 this is not good for Luke. No, 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 Drew is not going to watch movies like that. Marilee and I could watch that. Marilee and I could listen to certain things that it was like, that's not going to bother us. We're mature enough in our faith. We can listen to that music and that's no problem with us. But you know what? I'm not going to do that. Not for me, but for other people. Now listen, you say, well, where are you getting this stuff? John chapter 17. You've got to, I think these are important scriptures. John chapter 17. This is, by the way, we always talk about the Lord's Prayer. You know, our Father, which are, that is not the Lord's Prayer. That's a model prayer, but that's not the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is John 17. This is when John, this is when Jesus is alone with the Father and he prays, It's amazing we have the script of this prayer. I don't know all of Jesus' prayers, but we do know the prayer that he prayed the night before he died for us on the cross. And John chapter 17 is that prayer. Look, if you would, at verse 19 and 21 for a moment. John 17 and verse 19. And for, oh man, this is powerful. And for their sakes, he's praying to Abba the Father, okay? He's praying to his Father, and here's what he prays. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself. I separate myself for their sakes, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Look down at verse 21. That they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee. Father... I have separated, I have sanctified myself, I have set myself apart, not for me. I've done this for others. I've done this for others. Look at, you're in in John, turn over to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. Look at this, this is powerful. Romans chapter 14 and verse 13. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore. But judge this, rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Wow, this is good. There are times that I don't do things 
Not because I couldn't do them. And not because I don't have the freedom to do them. I have freedom in Christ. I am all, there is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. I, I, I could do this activity. I could wear that. I could go there. It's not going to bother my walk with the Lord. But if somebody else saw me do that, they might stumble. So for my love for them, I will separate from this activity. Now, I want everybody to hear this because I want to be real transparent. When Marilee and I left First Baptist of Santa Maria to go back into college work and to go to West Coast Baptist College, Marilee and I had a little conversation. I knew the conversation was going to come. I think maybe I initiated it. I don't remember. It doesn't matter who did, Marilee or I. But we had our little conversation. You know, Jim, if we go to West Coast, we're probably going to have to change some of our dress standards. Yep. You know, if we go to West Coast, we may not listen to some of the music that we've come accustomed to. Yeah. You know, if we go, there's some things we're going to have to put away. That we really, it's not going to affect my spiritual walk with the Lord that much. But it could cause a younger brother, a younger sister to fall or trip. Now you hear this. We have become so self-centered in our Christianity today. That all we're doing is saying, I have the right to do this. Man, don't put me under that law stuff again. Don't give me that legalism. I can do whatever I want. I'm a child of God. You are so selfish. There are things that we decided, no, we're not going to do that. For the sake of somebody else that might stumble, I'll put that away. Now let me tell you, there are three positive sides to separation. You never separate from something that you don't separate to someone. Listen, separation is not always explained, but it's promised if you obey. And number three, you don't just separate for yourself. You separate for others. Let me tell you, oh, Pat, where's Pastor Justin? Where's my man? Oh, there you are. Oh, if God calls you here, and if you're the next pastor, oh, man, well, that'd, be the, that'd be the highlight of my life. Oh, da, 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 da. You know what? You will start not doing things that you could do even as an associate. I'm telling you something. When I went from youth pastoring to pastoring, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought, oh, man, wow, is this going to be something? Yeah, it really was. And I realized people are watching. And what I, now listen to this. I understood that what I allow in moderation, those under me may do in excess. So I've got to say no to certain things and separate from some things because I'm a father. When I became a husband, I had to separate from some things onto my wife. I separated from every other woman in the world onto my wife. I think that was a good decision. That was good separation. Hey, let me tell you, separation has a positive side to it. Brother Shetler, are all your points this long? No, but this is a big one, okay? Positive side. Number two, number two, the practical side of separation. Now, in order to understand that, I think we all got to turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. This is the practical side of separation. So we just went through the positive side, and I think, it, I think separation is very positive. Here is the practical side. Now, listen to this. 1 Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, come on, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Now look at this, look at this. That ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness unto his marvelous light, which in time past 
We're, by the way, I saw this verse. I think it's in one of your hallways or something, isn't it? Down the, down, down the hallway or something. Which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you. I come alongside of you. I paraclete you. I, I beg you. As strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. Having your conversation, now here it comes, your conduct, all right, and I'm going to give you three things here in just a minute, your conduct, honest among the Gentiles, whereas they speak against you as evildoers, that they may be, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Whoa. Okay, here's the practical side of separation. Number one, your attitude. Your attitude. See, whenever we deal with separation, what do we deal with? We, we deal with these, like, our activities. And by the way, I am going to get to activities. That's the third A. But, but, but that's what we always deal with. Can I tell you the number one thing that you ought to be separate from the world is the way that you handle problems. Now, for the last two years, I have never been around more angry people than Americans. And especially at airports. <laughs> I mean, you talk about bad... Everyone has had a, a bad attitude for two and a half years. You know, Brother Schiller, it wasn't that good before. I know, I know. But I mean, it has been terrible for two and a half years. Everyone's complaining, everyone's critical, nobody's thankful, everybody hates everybody, everyone hates everything, everything's too expensive, everything's this, everything's that. We ought to be separated from that. Our attitude as believers in Christ ought to be separated from the world. We ought to live a life that our attitude, people go like, what are you taking? What are you on? Are you on drugs? Like, how can you be like the way you are? Oh, no, it's not a drug. It's not a pill. It's a person. It's Jesus. And there is a change. There is an attitude change. Christians should go through cancer different than the world. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. We should, guys. This world is not our home. If we lose certain things, we ought to have a different attitude about losing something than the world. The world's only got this world. That's all they've got to hold on to. We should have a different attitude. I'm just a pilgrim and stranger just passing through. This world is not my home. We need our attitude. We should have an attitude of helpfulness, joyfulness, cheerfulness. The way we live our Christian life should be so different than the rest of the world. We should, there should be a joy about the way we live. But not only our attitude. Number two, your appearance. Your appearance. Now there is something to be said about this, folks. You cannot deny that the way that you, you look makes a difference. Listen to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9. And, and I, I, I think there are people that have never heard this before. 1 Timothy 2, verse 9 and 10. In like manner also, that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness. Okay, what's shamefacedness, Brother Seller? Okay, I'll tell you what that word means. What that means is that if you're a woman, and you're wearing something immodest, and you knew what a guy was thinking about, with you wearing that, you would be ashamed. So you would wear something that you wouldn't be ashamed in if you knew what the guy was thinking about what you had on. I don't know if you understood what I just said, but it's a good word. It's a really good word. With shamefacedness and sobriety, and with broided hair, or gold, or pearls, or costly array. Now look at this, because I think there's a generation of people that go like, I ain't never seen this before. But which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, Brother Shuttler. What did that verse just say? I mean, I always thought, isn't, where's that verse? God looketh on the, you know, man looketh on the outward, God looketh on the heart. It doesn't matter what we look like on the outside, it's what we look like on the inside. That verse just said 
that there is a way that a woman can dress that looks godly. By the way, you ever read Proverbs? There is an attire of a harlot. That's what it says in Proverbs 7, that the strange woman had the attire of a harlot. So that means you can dress up like a harlot. And this says you can dress up godly. So there is a way. Are you going to tell us what it is? No, the Holy Spirit will show you what it is. Your husband will. Your father will. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Let me tell you something. No, no, no. That's not my place. But I am telling you, there is an appearance of godliness. The Bible just says that. And by the way, there are two areas that should direct all of our separation on appearance. Modesty and distinction. And you, you figure it out from there. You should be modest, and it should be distinctly male or female. And after that, you can do whatever you want. But you ought to have modesty, you ought to have distinction. Those are the two biblical principles of separating in appearance. I'm just trying to make it practical, okay? Number three, your attitude, your appearance, and number three is your activities. Now, I was real big with this with uh, uh, Young Adult Conference this past weekend. I'm, I'm on a crusade right now, and here's my crusade. 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. So here I'm a big believer in this. I'm, a, I'm on a crusade right now on this. That there should be no secular part of a Christian's life. That there's, there's no, you cannot take your, okay, here's my life. It's like a pie. And, and, and this, is, this is my job. And, and, and this is my hobbies. And here are my friends. Hey, 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 look at the size of this one. Here's my church. And here's my relationship with God. Come on, look, biggest piece of the pie. No, 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 no. God doesn't do it that way. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. There is no secular part of a Christian's life. It is completely all God's. So I guess I go home and throw away the golf clubs. No, 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 no. So I, 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 get, I, get, I get rid of the, I, I get rid of the, the fishing uh, rod. No, no. <laughs> no. Don't say, come on. No. no. Can you golf for the glory of God? I can. I have. Last week. I went golfing. I needed it. I, spent, I went golfing by myself. I went to Stonebrook. You don't know where that is, but anyway, it's a nice golf course. I was the first one out. I got there at 6.40, and I, I, was the first, I played 18 holes. I walked it all. I needed the exercise. I needed the time, and the Lord and I had a great round of golf. My score wasn't very good, but that's okay. No, no, no. You don't do anything if it isn't for the glory of God. I, it doesn't, I don't care if you go to a Seattle Seahawks game. I don't care if you go to a Portland Trail Bears game, but I would ask this. Why are you going? Because whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, you ought to all do for the glory of God. There's not a part of your life that, well, this one's for God and this, no, 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 it's all for God. And everything you do, you do for God. And, and, and we need to understand that this is our activities. If you cannot, here, and here it is, if you can't bring God into your activity, then you don't do the activity. But if you can bring God into it, I don't care what you do. You do all to the glory of God. So there, I don't know how to get more practical than, than 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Practical side of separation, positive side. And the last point is just one point. Take your Bibles and turn to Daniel chapter 1. So I'm pastoring the campus church down at Pensacola Christian College, and I had probably been there for about 10 years. And one day, the founder and president and his wife made a set appointment for me one afternoon. I thought, boy, I'm in big trouble. Something happened. I don't know what's going on here. But Dr. Arlen Horton, by the way, I don't know if you know this or not, but Dr. Horton uh, and Mrs. Horton, the creators of Obeka Books, I think you guys use all those textbooks here, and and at Pensacola Christian College, uh, Dr. Horton was born and raised just south of Salem and uh, Oregon. So he's an Oregon guy. And um, so anyways, that has nothing to do with the message, but I thought that was kind of cool. So um, Dr. and Mrs. Horton called me in. Didn't call Marilee in, called me in. And uh, wanted to talk to me. And, and they said, schedule about an hour time. And I went, whoa, 
Nobody takes an hour at Dr. Horton's time, so this is a big deal. And I had been there now, at this point, probably over 20-some years, 10 years as the senior pastor of the campus church. And I came in, and, 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 and you know what? I liked it that we, we sat around a couch, and they said, Jim, Jim, come on in and have a seat. We want to talk to you about something. This was a, this was a, this was a life-changing moment. Dr. Horton said, Jim, we are just so thankful how the campus church is going. We're just so thankful how you have shepherded the flock and the people and how it's grown in the community and what the college students and the staff. But we want to tell you something. Pastor, one of these days, Becca and I are going to retire. And we're going to leave Pensacola Christian College. And when we leave, we're going to drop the keys off. And we're going to be done. And we're concerned about the future of Pensacola Christian College. And I hope you're concerned about the future of the campus church. I said, no. And we want to tell you this. You have been very submissive to us. We have definitely sensed that we have your heart. And they did. But we want you to know something. You're not going to be able to move forward living off of the Horton's standards. You're not going to be able to go forward living off of what Dr. and Mrs. Horton believe. Jim, at some point, you got to make this what you believe. This has got to get, here it goes, personal with you. You know, I never thought, I, I was in this, like a safety bubble. I mean, like just being at Pensacola Christian College, I, I was safe from things. I didn't have to make a lot of decisions. So a lot of, I pastored, I, I, I studied the word, I preached what I believe God called me to preach, but there were a lot of things I didn't have to worry about because of this big umbrella called PCC. But I went back to my office, and I just sat there and I contemplated what was just told me. And basically, the bottom line was, you know, Jim, you do have to develop your own convictions. At some point, separation's got to get personal. Now, I just love it that Pastor Mutchler's not here right now. Because if I can just talk to you guys very frankly, at some point, Pastor Mutchler is gone. And this place has been protected by Mike Mutchler's convictions and standards. Let me tell you. Well, he's going to be leaving. Have you made these things yours? Do you know why you believe what you believe and why you separate from what you separate? Because if you do not, it doesn't matter what Mike Mutchler has done for 38 years if it's never become personal with you. It is imperative that separation stays positive. It is imperative that separation is practical. But it is absolutely, absolutely imperative that separation becomes personal at some point in your life. I'm separating from this because I believe this is what God wants me to do. And as I've studied this issue... I believe this is what God would have me do. That is a very important point that all of you, and you know what? This is a good message for Sunday night because chances are you're not a visitor tonight. Chances are you're the core. Probably the deacons are here. And I don't know who the deacons are. Probably the staff are here. This is Sunday night crowd. And I'm telling you, this group in this room right now are the ones that better know where you stand on separation. I'm not a progressive Baptist. But, but, but let me tell you this. I, my biggest problem with progressive Baptists isn't probably what you think. I, I, I like change. I, I don't have a problem. My biggest problem is this. Where is your line? Where do you stop? What's next? I don't have a problem if you want to change this in your church or you don't want to do this any longer or if you don't want to wear this. Okay, okay, you know what? My heavens, you have soul liberty. But I would ask this. 
Do you have a line of separation where you will not cross? Or do you just keep going with the world? Is there a point where you say, no, I won't cross that. I may change this. I may do this different. And I will tell you this, and we all, we're being all honest here tonight. We do not know for sure who will be the next pastor. We, we, we got a pretty good indication who it's going to be. But I will tell you this. Biggest question he needs to answer is not so much what he would change. No, no. My heavens, you can't get another guy come in. He's not going to change things. But here would be the questions. Why do you want to change? And how far will you go? And that's where you say amen. Okay. Because that's, that's the key issue. The issue isn't what gets changed. The key issue is why did you change it and how far will you go with it? And I just want to tell you, we need to learn about separation. We need to understand the positive side of separation. We need to understand that it's very practical, but then we need to make it personal. Now, I'm done with the message, but I better read my verse here. This is exactly what a young man did in a Babylonian um, culture. Nobody, nobody is watching Daniel. Nobody knows the Levitical dietitianary laws. There is nobody in Babylon that's going, will Daniel eat? Will Daniel drink this? No one. Nobody's thinking any of those things because nobody's read Leviticus 13 and 14. Nobody knows this stuff. But Daniel does. And look at what Daniel did. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself, verse 8, with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank, therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Folks, they're not all... Will Daniel eat that meat? Will Daniel defile his God? Will Daniel do that? No, no, nobody even knows the Levitical laws. There's nobody in Babylon that knows that Daniel's going to do right or wrong by what he eats. But Daniel does. Daniel knows the law. And Daniel knows his conscience. And he goes, you know, others may, but I cannot. I can't go against my conscience here. I've got to separate in this area. I can't do it. He took separation and he made it his. Daniel purposed in his heart he would not defile himself with the king's meat. Church, I just want you to know, I don't know if I'll ever be back here again to preach, but would to God that I would hear The Grandview Baptist Church is still the same church 10 years from now that it is. Oh, there's going to be change. This will be different. This will be different. But that you all understand what separation is. And I'm telling you, I ain't talked to him. He ain't tell me one thing to preach, not to preach. And maybe I step way over my boundaries, but I'm telling you, if I'm Mike Mutzler, I'm thinking to myself, where will this go after we leave? And I will tell you, you got to make it personal. Do you believe what we believe at Grandview Baptist? I think that's important. I think it's a very important decision. And I don't know where God may be calling you right now in the area of separation. There may be an area right now God has said to you, you know what? I needed this message because I need to separate from something onto my Lord. And there's an area right now in my life for the sake of other people For my walk with God, God's telling me I need to separate from them. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We're not going to have a testimonial time tonight, but we are going to have an invitation time tonight. And I want to encourage you. There may be an area that you would like to purpose in your heart tonight. That you would say, God, I want to purpose in my heart tonight that This area, I believe you've been speaking to me about. It's about a hobby. It's about an activity. It's it's about my attitude. You know, I'm boy, I'll tell you what, when when I heard Jim was preaching on separation, I got all excited. Yeah, amen. But you know what, Jim? 
I, I don't think I realized. I have not separated in my attitude. I am kind of a Pharisee. I separate from everything. But what I haven't done is separated onto God. And God spoke to my heart tonight about my attitude. God spoke to my heart tonight about my appearance. God spoke to my heart tonight about some activities. You know, God spoke to my heart tonight. I think I could continue to do this, but I would never want someone to stumble because I, I did this. You know what? I, I, I think I could go do that thing. I think I could go to that place and it wouldn't affect me. But if someone knew that I went to that place, it might affect my Sunday school class. It might affect my ministry as a deacon. And you know what? Tonight, God, I just want to surrender it over to you. I just want to give it to you. You know my heart, and you know that, Lord, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for the next generation. I'm doing this for the cause of Christ. I would never want anyone to stumble what I allow in moderation. So, God, tonight, I want to give it to you. I think you need to be spoken to very clearly by the Spirit of God. But I would say this, if the Spirit of God did speak to you very clearly, I encourage you to get up from your seat and come down to this altar and say, God, tonight, I'm turning from. You may not have the reason why, but you know. No, I know that God wants me to take this step of separation in my life right now. And I want to honor him and I'm willing to submit in that area. You know, when I, when I left that dentist office, I said, wow, I thought this was going to be one of the worst experiences of my life. And it turned out to be one of the greatest experiences. I believe that about separation. I believe that when a child of God actually decides to separate from something onto Christ and purposes it in their heart, to do it for the cause of Christ. I think there's great joy in that. And I don't think it makes you a Pharisee. I think it makes you a child of God, a peculiar people, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. If God has spoken to you about an area of separation, as the piano begins to play, can you come on down and just surrender that to God? Is there an area tonight that God's speaking to you about?
Well, God bless you. Thank you, Brother Shetler. Appreciate that. What a blessing that was. Um, let's go ahead and watch the next video, and then we'll be dismissed tonight. Join us next week as we celebrate Father's Day. Every father will receive a dessert on us after the morning service. Families, don't miss out on our Kids Summer Blast program every Wednesday evening at 645. We have big activities planned every week like bounce houses and big ball games, as well as plenty of opportunities to help your children grow in their relationship with God. There will be a special teen soul winning marathon on Saturday, June 18th. The marathon begins at 10 a.m. and will conclude at 6 p.m. If you would like your teenager to participate, please see T.J. Gardner for more details. We are looking forward to having guest speaker Bob Hooker, pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee, at Grandview on Wednesday, June 15th. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great week and we will see you Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Okay. Well, it's been a great day and thank you for your faithfulness. Hopefully you have a great, great week and be back in your place on Wednesday. God bless you all. You are dismissed. Mm -hmm.